Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to another block rocking, crowd rocking, exciting. It's just going to be a good time. You're listening to Cyclops Wheelbarrow. Hey, I'm your host, Kathy Russell. And uh, my guest this week, you knew it was coming. I was going to bring a drum and bass person sooner or later. You knew it was going to happen. So I have uh, my good friend, Sal, uh, who lives in Brisbane, Australia. And uh, he is a producer and musician in his own right and uh, DJs as well. Uh, And he's, yeah, he's all around a good friend of mine. And uh, so we're going to talk about music and just the usually having a good time. So hi, Sal. Or I, hey, I, I'm not, his real name is Doug, Doug Brown, but I'm you using your... me, Doug. All right. I'm glad yeah. we're, we're still at that level. You just know me as Sal as well. So um, whatever. All right. All right. Is now, is there any significance to the name? Does it stand for anything or how did you come up with that name? Uh, my mate Fletch came up with it. This would be around about 97. And um, he said, I'm going to call you Sal. And I was all right. I'll call you Fletch. <laughs> it was just like that. But, you know, there was sort of more meaning that came after it. More so known as Still at Large. And it's also. Still at Large? Version. Yeah, it's also a shortened uh, version of my name, Douglas. Um, backwards, it's all good. Oh, no. Oh, mm. it's all good. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Good. So Doug and I met, uh, it's, uh, it's probably been seven years, maybe, maybe 10. I don't know if we're yeah, not 10 yet. because I first went over to States in 2011. Okay. So it has been, been wow. So I've known mm. Doug for 10 years. I met him when he played at a little club here called Plush that, uh, unfortunately has closed, but they did a drum and bass night there. That was one of the longest running drum and bass nights in the U S period uh plush was in austin texas and it was over on seventh and red river it uh just closed uh uh how long ago um maybe about like five months ago but uh it was unfortunately one of the covid casualties so we were sad to see it go and long live plush but uh yeah i met uh i met doug at that he was one of the guests when he was coming through uh, where else did you visit in the united states besides austin when you came through well, I met somebody online, and uh, we hooked up and uh, caught up, I should say, in L.A. and uh, diverse areas of California. And I had some friends in uh, Phoenix as well, mm-hmm. as well as uh, some friends in Austin. Great. Those are the three main areas. Now, did you perform in any of those cities as well, or did you just perform in Austin? I tried to get some gigs in L.A. It never happened, and um, my friends in Phoenix, they really didn't know anything about the scene there. Okay. So I just them, but yeah, had a great time. I'm glad. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you are able to come through. Saul is a, uh, a music producer, as I mentioned. And uh, now, what, what kind of style would you say? Because it's not really... Not all of your tunes are drum and bass. It's more like a halftime kind of sound. Yeah, that seems to be what people categorize it as. Um, I'm just a long-term drum and bass fiend and um, was doing my own thing. I wasn't really trying to you know, have a goal or I'm going to do this sort of genre or that sub-genre or anything like that. Um, but of course, I am influenced by you know music that I like, and Joe Need for Mirrors says that I was, um, I guess, partially responsible in the vitalization of the second wave of the autonomic sound, which is um, autonomic. Yeah, which is um, kid drama, instrumental, debridge, synchro, ASC. Mm-hmm. I think he's. Staying- yeah, it's it's that kind of sound, and that that came around about mm, late two thousands, I think it was, and um, and and that was a uh, quite a major shift in the music that was being played at, at the time, and it had a quite a um, I say for those people who have been listening to drum and bass, it, it added more depth to it. And I guess that's the, I do that music as well. I do that sort of style, but it's not intentional. Yeah, just um, writing what comes to you. I'm just writing what comes to me. You know, I have written like 
straight out drum bass, you know, with my release on commercial suicide, that was full, you know, two step business. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. that's exciting. So how how long ago was that? Uh, that was recently, wasn't it? Yeah, it was about just under a year ago today. I had my release on commercial suicide on Clute's label. That's that's outstanding. That's a great label. Uh, what's the name of the song yeah. that What's the name of the song that you have on there, or is it more than one? There's uh, Untitled Touch back to back with uh, Biscar. Nice. So anybody yeah. that wants to check out his music, you can check out uh, for starters his release on Commercial Suicide. Now, how long have you been producing for? Now, uh, it, it's been you were saying ninety ninety six ninety seven. Uh, how long have you been? Now, did you start producing immediately, or did you start with DJing and then gradually make that make that switch? Yeah, I was DJing around about ninety seven. I uh, started producing around about ninety nine on things like um, Akai samplers, um, Roland. 808s, an old groove box, old Roland 303. Nice. Had, yeah, groove box. Yeah, yeah, I had one of those. And then I sort of thrashed those, learned them inside out, and was eager just to do something else. And um, friend Kalo introduced me to Reason 1.0. I think that was 99, 2000, definitely 2000. And I just understood it because it sort of was emulating hardware. And yes. so they just came so natural for me. Somebody um, showed me Fruity Loops, and I just did not get that at oh, all. Oh, really? But, yeah, it's a different yeah. style of writing, yes. Yeah, so I just took uh, um, to Reason, and I've stuck with it ever since. But uh, I haven't been producing, like, nonstop since then. I sort of got into producing semi-seriously around about 2000, and I had a release on uh, – this local label called Empathy, mm-hmm. as well as a couple of other guys that you may have heard of, uh, Trey. Yeah, Agent I love Trey. Alvin, Agent Alvin, who's done stuff on Full Cycle and, and various other things, and, of course, the Upbeats. We all, like, started around about that time as well. That's cool. I've been DJing uh, longer than those guys, and I was, like, the sort of regular go-to uh, support DJ when it came to local events. So now this was still when you were in New Zealand before you came over to to Australia, right? That's when all of that was going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been in New Zealand, uh, sorry, Australia for nearly eight years now, and um, that was on the back of when I went to the states because I went to the states in 2011, and then I went back in 2013. I came back and I did this uh, exercise science course at a tech, and um, I just had to keep moving because yeah. I had lived in Wellington all my life, and Wellington's cool and all, but I just sort of outgrew it. Now that's a beach town, right? Well, it's on the coast. It's like the the south of the North Island is the capital of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's known as Windy Wally. Uh, <laughs> and they say you can't be New Zealand on a good day or Wellington on a good day. I think that's what they say. <laughs> it's because those days are far few between, to be honest. Like, you know, uh, I don't like to, to diss uh, Wellington, but the wind is something that you just never really get used to. Yeah, it exhausts you for sure. I mean, I haven't been yeah. to Wellington, but uh, I certainly have been uh, down at the coast where the, yeah, where the wind, it just, it wears you out. It does, yeah. It's like um, I can handle the cold or the heat, but the wind is something like physical you can feel. It's like, you know, someone blowing in your face or tapping you on the shoulder. It's like, you know, quit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So speaking of being an, an international friend of mine, we've we've it's been really interesting because, uh, as everyone's aware, we're in the middle of the COVID pandemic, and that's a worldwide pandemic, and it's been – Really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, many times I've been jealous because uh, he's been able, because Doug's been able to go without a mask for pretty much most of this pandemic. Um, it hasn't been so bad there. Like they've been, uh, Australia's been a little bit better about contact tracing, have they not? 
at least for a while. Yeah. yeah, well, some of us are. I mean, we've all got this app, and um, it's got a scanner. You know, all like, all the shops have a scanner, so you use that and scan in just to tell the government where you've been. Like, yeah, you are telling the government, but really, I don't think they're too interested. <laughs> if you go into the bottle store, you know, it's no um, conspiracy or, you know, Illuminati carry-on or anything like that, you know. I'm just going to the bottle store to get some beer, you know. Right. Know. They, they already really know because I'm using my card, you know. Yeah, that's true. And you've got your phone. Hmm, Yeah. It just makes it a little bit more easier if if there's an outbreak, they need to know where it all came from. Yeah. Yeah, that's so much. And then uh, the masks, we be wearing the masks. Most of us, pretty much all of us, been doing the right thing. You know, there was one time I saw uh, a family um, at the supermarket who weren't, and they just looked like downright degenerates from oh man like they weren't wearing shoes they were wearing pajamas the man was in the shopping cart they had long hair they just oh wow (laughs) and that was the only people that weren't wearing the mask oh wow so there's a lot (laughs) more uh, there's a lot more compliance uh, going on over there than there is here that's uh Man, that's good to hear. I'm jealous. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're we're kind of celebrating because uh, after Doug is doing this podcast, he's off to get his vaccination. Woo! Yeah. So he will be fortified. We are we are pro vaccination here at Cyclops Wheelbarrow. So oh yes, I'm just I'm so fascinated by your COVID experience compared to mine. How has yours been? Have you had to do a lot of isolating or not really? We've gone into two lockdowns. Last lockdown was last year, and and that was hardcore because um, we couldn't go to the gym. And I'm an essential worker. I also work at a distribution center for supermarket. So I was lucky because you know the the food has to get to the supermarkets, and as well as my job, uh, the supermarkets are open, and the bottle stores are open. And and that was about it. Yeah. So the gym closed down, and a lot of us were getting our you know weights and equipment off um, Facebook Marketplace. But it just oh really yeah, that's what you same. ended up doing. You ended up making a home gym type of situation. Yeah, a, a lot of us work did that, and it just didn't really work out because my home's like my place of rest. Yeah. Century, and. Uh, you can spend a lot of money on the equipment and it's just still not the same, you know, so. Right. Now, yeah. all those of you that can't see Doug, Doug is very in shape. Very, swole is what we call it in, in Texas, if you will. <laughs> Doug is swole. And so, yeah, proud of him for taking good care of himself and and doing what you got to do. So, yeah, teach me some slang here. Uh, now, I just taught you fixin' to. What's a, what's a, now, now, there's the, there's the phrase that everybody says about Australia that I'm sure Australians hate, which is the uh, uh, throwing shrimp on the barbie. Do you barbecue shrimp yeah. a lot there? Is that, that, that it's a thing, or is that just a total stereotype? Which I understand it's a stereotype. No, they, I believe that came from that guy, the Crocodile Dundee guy. Oh, yeah. Um, mad um, Australian tourism marketing thing internationally, and he said that at the end of an ad, and um, it just caught on. But no, I mean, barbecuing is a big thing, in <laughs> America, yeah. But from shrimps on the barbie, no one ever says that, <laughs> <laughs> and, and um, no one drinks Fosters as well. That's the other thing, oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Now, did it, the alcohol level is set a different strength over there too, isn't it? Weren't you telling me that the beer isn't as strong as it is in the states? No, it's advertised on the cans, which is kind of weird. When we went to the states, and I was looking at the cans and wondering how strong is this, and it didn't have any percentage on it at all. Um, I still find that a bit weird. I mean, how pissed are you going to get? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the things when I go to the bottle store. I was like, is this strong or is this weak? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like what am I what am I getting? <laughs> well, as well as that, you know, if you're like risking 
to drive while you're intoxicated, you know. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Just from a safety standpoint, being able to gauge yourself. Yeah, you can usually drink about one standard beer or drink uh, an hour. So it kind of makes sense. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, this one's, you know, I've had about two of these in an hour and they're like rated about two standard drinks. So I've had about four in an hour. So I can't drive. You know, this this where how I right. But I don't really. I just avoid getting in a car at all. Naturally, at least it's an, hmm. Hmm. So during our COVID experience, uh, Doug and I to uh, have something to at least to look forward to. Uh, we both are uh, foodies to a certain extent, so we did uh, a snack exchange. Uh, we've actually done it twice here, but um, basically what we did <laughs> was we went to. Uh, I love whenever I travel. I love to go to the grocery store whenever I travel abroad and just try all the things. So sometimes Doug will, when he's at the grocery store, he'll put it on Facetime so that I can see whatever they've got and see if there's anything I want. So we did a snack exchange where we basically went to the grocery store and just got all these, you know, regional snacks and shipped them over. And it was right when the post office was being overhauled here. So it got, it went through Australia pretty quickly, but mine took forever to get through the States. And I think, so I ended up sending. It worked out for me though, didn't it? Because then you sent another one that sort of, uh, (laughs) Didn't get stopped by customs, and so I got two, which reminds me, I I owe you at least one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know who came up with that idea, but it was a great idea. Yeah, it was. Um, Yeah, I I don't remember who thought of it. We thought of it around the same time, I think, and then we uh, we had been sitting on the idea for... Hey, whoever came up with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was really nice during because when whenever we did this the snack exchange, it was right during the worst part of COVID here when we were on hardcore lockdown and there wasn't anything to do or anywhere to go and and that because of the lockdown and COVID being so new, there was a lot of paranoia. I mean, there still is, of course, you know, but uh, now people have kind of we're getting oh God, it's sad. We're getting used to it. Yeah, it's really weird over here because. Like the U.S., we have states as well, and I'm in Brisbane, and that's the capital of Queensland, and the state below us is New South Wales, where COVID is running rampant at the moment. We did have a lock on it for quite a while. We're on top of it, but uh, New South Wales is getting about 1,500 cases a day. Oh, my gosh. And in Queensland, we are getting zero so the borders, the state borders are closed at the moment. And it's just even weirder now that we're in a country where one state below us is just, you know, COVID is rampant and we are living relatively normal lives. Um, and But we're on a knife edge because um, we'll probably go into this later, but as you know, I'm doing gigs at clubs and I had to cancel them a couple of times yeah. because of lockdowns and it won't take much for another lockdown to happen. All it will take is a truckie going across the border who's got COVID and we're shut down and gigs will, you know, the, the, like, the nightclubs, just like Plush, we've had um, a place called Sub Rosa that had closed down, another victim to uh, the COVID situation. Yeah. So it, it's it's a bit weird here. Things are good at the moment. Um, the mentality in New South Wales is that we can't, we'll never get rid of COVID. So get vaccinated. They're trying to get to about 80%, which is yeah. about heard apparently. And um, we're trying to do that in Queensland as well. And then once we get up to 80%, I don't know. Are they going to open the borders? I don't really want an influx of COVID flooding through here. Right. But it's just, um, I think we've just got to learn to live with it. Um, I hate to be the one to say that because I wish that, you know, we we could just burn it out somehow, but there's just people coming back from overseas um, who are bringing it, and they they the quarantines here, um, and it works 
99% of the time. Then now, it, you were saying then, that they actually, tell me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that they actually have been getting hotels for people or they have a center for people that have COVID where, they're, where people are staying? Yeah, so the, it's, it's weird because uh, government's not being that responsible in regards to COVID because you would think that it's a, a federal issue. Yeah. You know, it's having the whole country, but they've decided to give the um, local states, governments, the responsibility. So um, instead of like having a, uh, a national COVID quarantine station yeah. in the middle because, like, you know, Australia's got tons of space. We could do that. No, we are doing it like a hotel quarantine yeah. in the hotels and the It's much city. better than what we're doing over here. We're not We're not really doing any of that yeah, stuff. And, um, and so that's mandatory. If you're coming from overseas, you have to stay in one of these hotels. Yeah. Wow, that's great that, that's great that you guys are doing that. Uh, how do you, I mean, I, I, I don't know how you shut down the border to a state, you know? I mean, I can understand the, uh, the international borders, but uh, going from state to state, I don't know how they would enforce that because you don't have, like, clear fencing or things like that. But We've got barriers on the main roads, and gotcha. there's not too many roads. Like, Queensland's huge, you know, it's, it's massive. Like, I think it's bigger than Texas, but it's... Most people live on the um, coastal areas, 95%, at least 95%. And then the rest, mm, I'd say going 100 kilometers inland would be desert. So there's very few roads. And those roads will probably be policed yeah, as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes yeah. sense to do that. Uh, well, cool. So, um, yeah, can you teach me some slang? Like, what do you say... Oh, what if somebody, what about like a nerd or a dork? Do they have any words for that in in uh, in uh, New Zealand or Australia? Plenty, plenty. Plenty? Um, one that comes to mind would be an egg if you're in New Zealand. And I think that's sort of a generational thing. I don't know what the kids call eggs <laughs> in, uh, in, in Wellington anymore, but we used to say that that guy's an egg. That guy's an egg. Nice. What else? Uh, well, there's, there's a million curse words, I bet, but uh, uh, what? Yeah, the C word is used over here. That's, I mean, it's used in the UK as well, but usually as. Oh, uh, yes. Um, and I know in the States it's really taboo, I guess. It is. Yes, it is. Someone's a really bad person and it, um, a, a, a bad woman as well. Um, yes. Over here. Anyone can be the C word, and you can be a good C word as well. And that's it's abbreviated as a GC. GC. <laughs> He's a GC. Yeah, a, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't batter an eyelid to it at all, but like um, a sort of one thing when I came to the States, I had to be a bit mindful of. Yeah. I think I did let it out one time and I got looks. I was like, what? what? Oh, yeah, I, uh, I remember now. The <laughs> um, more Kiwi slang. Um, okay, so we call corner stores dairies. Dairies. Uh, yeah. Oh, I because, learned, yes, and you taught me too that all, all sweets are called lollies. Whereas lollies, here, yeah. here you have a, a, a lolly is a lollipop, but there it's, it's any kind of a sweet. It's weird. It's just something that we adapted and we just stuck with. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. Neither does dairy, but that's a corner store basically selling day-to-day essentials. And the dairy. Including newspapers and lollies. And lollies. <laughs> I'm on a chat with uh, Doug and a couple of his friends on Facebook, and that once once they get going, they're, they're slang. They're using so much slang. Like a lot of the times, I I can't keep up. I mean, I chime in when I can, I, but uh, and I enjoy the TikTok uh, shares. But uh, yeah, sometimes when y'all get going, I I'm totally lost on what y'all are talking about. But it's all um, we've got these things called batches, which are like holiday homes. You know, down at the beach, um, 
you know, it's just a little shed, you know. Uh, it's where, like, Kiwis like to retreat to on their holidays, and we just call them batches. It's a batcher. You know? Batch. Yeah, it's spelled B-A-C-H, like uh, that composer. Oh, Bach. okay. Like Bach. Yeah. Batch. Yeah. And, of course, everyone knows about jandals, which no. are flip-flops. You call oh, them nice. flip-flops. Yes. Yeah. In Australia, they call them thongs. Um, they're so weird when they call jandals thongs, but that's right. what they call I, them. When, yeah, I mean, here you think of thong, you think of underwear. Yeah, so, same. yes, if somebody was uh, saying, like, I've got to put my thongs on. <laughs> yeah, jandals, origin we invented, the Kiwis invented um, jandals. Oh, yeah. It's slang for Japanese sandals. Jandals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we call swimwear togs. That's another weird one. That's yeah. a very Kiwi. I have no idea of the origins for that. Um, of course, we use bro all the time. Yeah. We just say, yeah, bro, nah, bro, yeah, nah. Yeah, a chur means um, cheers or, or just thanks. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in Australia, and, and I think in the UK as well, you can say cheers, you know, just to say thanks. Yeah, I've kind of gotten in the habit of saying cheers and just working that into my vocabulary. Uh, not all the yeah. time, but from time to time. And not just and, from uh, staring a drink. Yeah. And then um, in, in New Zealand, we just, I think, abbreviated down to chur. So we're <laughs> chur. <laughs> um, we say sus a bit, quite a bit, you know. I sus, guess, is, I think if you, sus as in short for suspect? Yeah. Yes, it's, um, making it, it's making its way around here in the U.S. as well. We're, we're working our way with sus, yes. Am I allowed to say piss on the podcast? Yeah, you can curse on the podcast. It's it's fucking fine. Okay, yeah. Because, um, you know, we get on the piss. It means just getting on, on the brews, on the alcohol, on the beers or whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so when you're really drunk, you can say I was pissed as a fart. I was um, pissed as a fart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> something. Uh, something. He's really uh, unable to accomplish a simple task. He could say that he couldn't organize a piss-up in a brewery. Ooh, that's a good one. He couldn't organize a piss-up in the brewery. Ooh, I'm using yeah. that one. I like that. Yeah. yeah. A piss-up, of course, is just, you know, getting drunk. And um, also we say piece of piss is in piece of cake. A piece yeah. of piss, like a, a piece of piss. Yeah, just a just a yeah. piece, just a piece of the piss. That's our that's yeah. your piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> I can come up with it. And also gutted. We say gutted a lot as well, and that means disappointed. Um, so let's get back to your music. So, um, now do you have any releases that are coming out anytime soon? I just had a release on CNV, CNVX London, which is Kid Drama, AKA one half of Instrumental. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. And it was a various artists label. Uh, I think it's about six tunes on that. I did a tune with. Uh, my good mate Joe, aka Need for Mirrors. Oh, that's outstanding! Yeah, thanks, and uh, we've got more stuff coming out on CNVX. We've collaborated with him um, and a few other people, and that's on the cards to come up. It might be on another various, or it could be my own EP. I'm not quite sure about that. And I've got some more stuff coming out on Doc Scott's label, 31 Records. Oh, that's outstanding. That's a great yeah. label. Yeah, yeah. I'm really stoked to be on that. Now, have you had a chance to meet Doc Scott or talk to Doc Scott at all? I talked to him briefly like ages ago when uh, he's been over to New Zealand dozens of times and I've supported him dozens of times as well. Mm -hmm. But like, it's a flurry of internationals and, you know, uh, when they come in, they, you know, turn up 
about an hour or so before and then you know have to go back to the hotel i understand how it is yeah so it's all good you know and um you know clubs are not a good place to sort of get acquainted with people and yet that's you where know. we that's where we do most of our networking. Well, now now it's all about getting their social their social media so that you can pick up the conversation when it's not so loud and you can really make the connection. I think. So I haven't really met him that that much uh but yeah, I'm absolutely stoked to be on 31 back in I think it was around about 98 and 97 where I was at this New Year's Eve festival down south in Takaka called The Gathering. Mm-hmm. Some stuff by Ed Rush, Fierce, and Octopal uh, track nice. called The End Part Two. Mm. And we're as Fortran. And uh, that tune got played so many times. And then, and when I think back to The Gathering, you know, I think I remember hearing that tune just wafting, you know, depending on which way the air was going, it'd get louder and get quieter. So um, so everybody was playing the song in their set because it had just come out and it was a big tune? Yeah, it was yeah. a big tune. Yeah, and I mean, 31, you know, to me is, you know, one of those labels like Metalheads. Yeah. It's, and reinforced, it's you know, it's iconic to me. I agree. Uh, and, um, you know, if anyone said I'd be on that label back then, I'd be like, whoa. I'd yeah. Yeah. I'm happy for you. That's yeah. It's a big accomplishment. It's yeah. It is very prestigious. Um, Thank you. now are you, you mentioned that you were, uh, um, that you are playing some gigs. Do you have anything coming up? Yes, this Friday at La La Land, on the 24th of September, me and my friend Andy23, we're going to be doing this thing called Low End Theory, which is drum bass. And we've got a host of local guests, Kano, Journeyman, Speechless, Lady Hayes, MC, MC Shawshock, and Cole Ghost. Yeah, Cold Ghost. Nice. Is it an all-drum and bass event, or is it multi-genre? No, this is strictly drum and bass. Nice. Yeah. Strictly drum and bass. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. What... It's just... Uh, the way yeah, you said it, it was is... great, too. I could totally sample it. It was great. <laughs> but then I'll owe, you, I'll owe you royalties or something if that happens. I'll, I'll, I promise I'll pay. If I use it for something, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. It's it's, it's, you know, it's just uh, it's the old school in me when I say strictly John Bates. Um, <laughs> it's, it's almost like slang, you know. Now here, almost- here in the states, being a being a junglist or being in a drum and bass, I always talk about how it's unique because it has its own culture and the people that love drum and bass really love it that they're almost like the trekkies for star trek or like the uh the people that are into like the hobbit or something like you don't it's drum and bass is not something you just sort of like if you are you're not really in the club you're you're just kind of a you're kind of an egg if the if you will but uh yeah Yeah. if you're gonna love drum and bass in 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 the u.s you've got to just love it it's a lifestyle now would you say it's the same thing over there that, that 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 translates yeah, I think obviously it's a bit more popular here and definitely in New Zealand, but it's just one of those things that you get. You know, you can either ride a bike or you can't. So it's just like that. Yeah. yeah. I like mm. that. You either can, yeah, you either like it or you don't. Sort of like drama bass. I know some people who came from different genres and are into other things like trance and stuff and uh i played them drum and bass and they weren't feeling it at all and then all of a sudden they just got it yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm happy to hear that the that the emotion and the passion for drum and bass uh from junglists or drum and bass heads is still the same uh, over there as well yeah i remember there was uh even uh uh a facebook fight that was going on here that you've that that Oh, it was a crew. There was a crew in Houston that had the same name as a crew in Australia, I think, and they were having a rivalry of some kind. 
But uh, usually, really? yeah, yeah, you, you were the one that told me about it. Uh, you were like, are you, are you, you were like, do you know these people? And, and uh, I did, I well, only no, knew them no, mostly. No, I think what happened was um, we've got this friend of ours, Aaron Beck, and um, he's living in, I don't know, I think maybe Hollywood now, and he's doing a lot of design for movies. Oh, nice. And, um, games. Um, he did one for what was it Section Nine or something? Oh, nice. Um, enough of other stuff. Um, and he's a really talented artist. And um, some some guy just like took his art and and slapped it on um, a flyer. And we used that for Rumble in the Jungle. Oh, um, that was it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> actually, he wasn't too fussed about it. But um, a couple of locals were, and they chimed in. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and that was about it. <laughs> yeah, it didn't last very long. It was just, yeah, I think the whole conflict lasted like a week, and then everybody moved on with their lives. But it was funny to me how intertwined we are online um because especially in the states with drum and bass we we it's it's not a very well-known genre here uh it's not very it's not mainstream so you just have little pockets of these scenes all over the united states that if yeah if you were to put us all together in a smaller uh area uh, it would actually be a pretty large scene, but because we're all so spread out, we just have little pockets in every city. Usually in every city, we've got little pockets of drum and bass in most cities, I would say. Um, but there, you, you guys actually are able to have, can you have full on, uh, is it big enough there that you can have full on festivals of drum and bass or are you still in the clubs there? I know what, I know that if there was no COVID, but this is before what? COVID. It depends, like what country you're talking about, because Australia is a little bit like America. Um, it's a bit um, more popular than um, I'd say America is when it comes to drum bass, mm-hmm. uh, because there's just so many different scenes of dance music or sure. electronic music. What you want to call it? Like, I mean, you guys came up with house and and uh, techno and uh, hip-hop um, and drum bass originated in the UK mm-hmm. um, and New Zealand adopted that pretty strong and uh, yeah you can have there are festivals there's tons of drum bass festivals in New Zealand especially oh, so New jealous uh, various areas in the country just get packed you know tens of thousands of people um not so much in australia um they do have heaps of festivals and australia is just awesome when it comes to doing festivals yeah. as well because it's so mint um but they're usually uh multi-genre festivals they always have drum based it but um yeah it's a little bit different just the fact that it's not a full-on drum and bass festival. Um, and then the festivals in New Zealand, I mean, they're not all drum and bass either. They're, you know, I'd say they're mostly drum and bass. The mm-hmm. ones that are like festivals, they, they have, you know, a bit of dubstep, a bit of hip-hop, a bit of yeah. chill. You know, so you don't get blasted 24-7 with drum and bass, you know, somewhere else to retreat to, which is always good. Do you like playing those festivals? Some people really prefer to play clubs. Do you like playing at those kinds of festivals, or are you more of a club person? Uh, well, I've done the festival thing quite a while ago in New Zealand. Um, the weather, you, you're subject to it in New Zealand. We had the gatherings, and, and they were great until it pissed down and mm. then the next one this was so bad because it had an imprint in people's minds that oh no we don't want to be there again in case it rains oh gosh um and that's what it's like in new zealand but over here you know five percent of the time it's going to be really good weather but it's just dust you know yes i can live with yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
So which yeah. do, do you do you prefer one over the other, or are you just you just like playing out? Playing out, yeah. Um, I'll play out anywhere, festival or club. But you know, clubs are kind of cool because you know they're close to home, and they've got all the mod cons. You know clean bathrooms yes um, <laughs> like uh, doug was never a fan of the plush bathroom yeah oh the plush bathrooms man <laughs> i didn't, I mean, I didn't think they were cool. that bad but uh yes i know some people that refuse to use them well you just couldn't use them because there was no like the the um toilet had no cubicle around it yeah no wall. i didn't even think it had a seat it was like it may not you have know, in the men's bathroom. <laughs> you have a privacy and a prison cell toilet. <laughs> and it had no lock. And that 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 door to the bathroom. Yes, it's right by the DJ right booth. Open. So it's just right, coming yeah. open. It's just coming open all the time. Yes. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they just did that so that no, they wouldn't have to clean it up. Maybe. Or whatever. <laughs> Maybe that is why they did it. There's a place here um, that uh, downtown, I, I think it, I don't think it's there anymore, but it's, it's a, it was an Austin landmark called Hole in the Wall. And in the women's bathroom, they had two toilets with no stalls whatsoever. So you could basically, yeah, you could use the restroom and talk to your friend the whole time. You could go together. It, it was, it was oh, wow. weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, over here, um, they've got regulations, you know, like health and safety things like set in place so you can't do that. Well, yeah, supposedly but, we do here as well, but uh, I guess it's not followed as well as it could be. <laughs> <laughs> when they were doing when we started up with the unisex bathrooms here i went to a uh i went to a gay bar uh, and they had taken out they they took the men's and the women's off the stalls and made them both unisex but it was a bigger bathroom where it had multiple stalls and boy was i lost i didn't know which one i was supposed to use <laughs> and it, and i went in i was <laughs> like is it, are they both multi-sex and i mean which i'm fine with i mean i've definitely you know spent time in a bathroom where it was multi-sex and it, you know it was just kind of everybody did whatever and that was fine but uh, that when i walked in there i was like what am i doing and he, the, the there was a guy in the restroom he's like come on in i was like okay i guess <laughs> we're just doing multi-sex bathroom all right fine by me Fine by me. Um, well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that you're playing out and you've got some stuff coming up. Um, I'm doing a monthly myself, and that's going pretty well. Uh, but it's uh, good. yeah, it's good. I like it. It's it's not very. It's at a club. It's well, it's at a warehouse basically, but it's not one of the. It's not a dirty warehouse. It's a pretty well kept warehouse. But um, yeah, right. that's going. Yeah, that's going pretty good. The numbers are kind of slow, but I think it's just COVID. You know, a lot of people are just not going out, and Texas has unfortunately uh has is one of the states that seems to be at least our governor seems to be pro covid um cuz he's blocking all the mask mandates he's blocking all the lockdowns so texas is having an outbreak uh because and we have and our vaccination rate compared to the other states is is pretty low um it's not as bad we're not the worst but we're certainly not we're not in we're not the best uh so it's uh yeah. a lot so a lot of people are really concerned about the people that are concerned about it um a lot of people are concerned about the delta variant uh and because it's been so rampant here um yeah our governor even got the delta variant so there you go. That's what he gets. But um, yeah, he likes it so much he went out and got it. So yeah, I think people here are just being uh, kind of slow to, to go out. Uh, although I did go to a, a show on Friday that was pretty much packed and uh, you nobody know, was really wearing a mask. So it's kind of a free for all here and we'll know, we'll see how long this takes. So people going out is still slow and I, and I, and I get it too. Cause like some venues you're, you don't, you're like, I don't want to go where I'm going to be dancing and like have to wear a mask the whole time. So some people are just saying, I'm just not going to go it's out. An industry or, you know, hospitality in general. Yeah, that's true. You know, wearing a mask and like, if you go to a bar, you've got to actually take your mask off. Right. Right. You know, something's telling you that you know, they just don't really go hand in hand. No, they don't. Uh, raving, you know, with a mask on. My work's pretty hard. We have to wear masks. At, and I do about 20,000 steps on a pedometer. Oh, know, man. Which is about kilometers. And wearing those masks, they're, they're not fun. The masks aren't meant to be fun. 
Um, no, they're not. They're not meant to be fun. They're just meant to be, yeah, right. safe. Um, but you know, we're just having to roll with it. Um, the the main thing is is just uh, not getting those um, hospitals chocker, right? You know, full. You know, uh, because they're not really equipped. I mean, they they can handle you know general you know when they even when even when there's a you know big um, flu cases, you know they they get to breaking point. You know, if you've ever been in a hospital, uh, I have yes. a few times. Yeah, unfortunately, get- when COVID happened, I got pneumonia twice. But uh, yeah, and- I did, uh, they they weren't sure if it was COVID or not because the symptoms were very similar. But they were, but I tested negative uh, both times. So, but yeah, I okay, learned my cool. lesson on that. Uh, a couple of years ago, the flu was pretty big in Brisbane. That mm-hmm. you know the news, and I had kidney stones, and I had to go to the hospital. <gasps> oh, that's right! I forgot that you got those kidney stones. Yeah, and a lot of pain, and there was heaps of people in the waiting room who had the flu um and i don't think it was as prevalent as you know the 1500 cases a day that they have in new south wales yeah when it gets that bad you know people as well as people like myself who are going through immense pain and having to wait the people with COVID, everyone is having to wait everyone's having to wait yes i was reading about that this week too they can't bring in people for like injuries because there's nowhere to put them. Yes. Or they're having to wait. Yeah. There's people who, um, you know, could get seriously ill from COVID. Um, but, um, uh, everyone is suffering in the waiting room. Yes. You know, so it's like that. Um, and, and the health systems here at least aren't equipped to, um, handle so that's the main thing yeah Um, so and that's the reason why we're getting the vaccine because if you have the vaccine you don't go to hospital right you might you might pass it on but you're not going to get so sick where you're going to have to go into hospital do you know which one you're getting today i am getting the pfizer one pfizer all right so you'll have to go back in a couple weeks then yeah, uh, I don't know how it is. My mom back in New Zealand um, had to wait about four weeks for her second one. Um, I think they're trying to rush it over here, so I might be in just two weeks. Yeah. Well, awesome. That's great. Well, you know, this is a good place to, to kind of uh, let you do your thing because you're going to be going to your appointment pretty soon here. Yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, talk about in terms of like your projects, what you've got going on? Is there anything that you wanted to promote? Just uh, now, are you on Beatport? Are you on Juno? Your I'm releases? on Beatport, yeah, probably on Juno as well. You know, um, I've got a, a profile on Beatport. I haven't linked all my um, SoundCloud, uh, sorry, not SoundCloud, uh, Bandcamp up. Uh, that 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 site, you know, it's just like which site? Ah, oh, Bandcamp. It needs a big upgrade. I think. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Just... It. I I I get a lot of my ambient music on Bandcamp, and I get some drum and bass on Bandcamp. But I agree, the interface leaves a lot to be desired. I well, it's like well, SoundCloud too. They they just. I want a news feed that just has the artists that I'm following and just show me what the new releases are in that news feed. And then they sneak in a bunch of other shit that I don't want or care about. And I just want to yeah. let my news feed just like roll and just hear the songs and not hear some kind of bullshit EDM that they try to like, be like, well, you might like this if you like that. And it's like, I don't like that at all. Just play the artists that I've clicked follow on. There's plenty of them to choose from. Yeah. yeah. I just want to end off by, um, you know, saying thanks and paying my respects to Joe Moses, Need for Mirrors, Tom, I mean, Clute, uh, Doc Scott, and Damon Kadrama, you know, for, for all the hookups. I'm forever grateful and totally humbled by, you know, them. Yeah. Shout- um, is there anyone else you wanted to give a shout out to? Yeah. Shout out to Zeus. 
and uh, <laughs> that's my dog, and my little one here, and and my mom. All right. Awesome. Well, we didn't get too much of a walker in this recording. He actually stayed pretty still. So we have a couple maybe uh, nail clicks going on a little bit in there, but uh, we didn't get any collar or any barking this time. So sorry, guys, no walker this time. Uh, for my yeah. events coming up, uh, the next, the biggest thing that I'm pushing right now, besides this podcast, which you can get in anywhere that you get podcasts, you can check out. Uh, the other thing that I've got coming up is Ambient Camping on November 5th through 7th. Uh, you can go to ambientcamping.com to check it out and find out more about it. If you'd like to find more about Sal, he is uh, he does have an artist page on uh, on Facebook. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so you can um, find him there. T-H-A-G-O-D. I didn't come up with it, but yeah. <laughs> you just like Google Sal, you'll come up with a lot of Sal. So, you know, so Sal the God. Stuff. All right. That's how we can find you. Uh, you can find me on on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Rev Kathy R on those two sites. So you can find me there. I'd love any feedback that you have about the podcast. If you liked it, if uh, what you didn't like, I, I'll, I'm happy to hear all of it because I'm still uh, finding my groove here in podcast land. So, well, Doug, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to do this. And we had to make special arrangements because of the time change. So it's a uh, it's a uh, nighttime our time and morning his time. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Well, thanks, you guys, uh, for listening to Cyclops Wheelbarrow today. My guest today was Doug. And uh, uh, Doug, no, I just totally lot forgot your last name. But it's okay, because you forget mine all the time. It's brown, right? No, I don't. <laughs> Kathy Russell. The Reverend Kathy Russell. You forget, you forget that it's two L's in Russell, I think. That's it. Anyway, well. Oh, anyway. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, thank you, Doug, for coming out. And thank you guys for listening. This was Cyclops Wheelbarrow. No, this is strictly drum and bass. Nice. Yeah.